You're listening to Period Story, the podcast where we get behind some of the myths and misconceptions about periods. We chat with women about their period story, their first period, and their journey ever since, and we open up a conversation to help break taboos and stigmas around menstruation. I'm your host, Lanise Brothers. I'm a registered nutritionist, women's health, hormone, and menstrual cycle coach, and the founder of Eat Love Move, a nutrition and well being practice. Welcome to today's guest. On today's episode, we have Susan Sheehan. Susan wants every woman to connect with herself, returning home to listen to her intuition and be empowered to take action for her life ambitions. In today's culture of fully scheduled lives, she knows what it feels like to feel overwhelmed and disconnected while knowing you have so much more to offer to the world. By connecting to herself, including embracing her menstrual cycle, she has changed her lifestyle to enjoy heightened energy, making more conscious life decisions, and focusing on what makes her soul sing. She now invites women to live with more ease while inspiring them to make the changes they desire. Susan is the founder and CEO of Back Yourself Mentoring, a women's circle and network of women backing themselves and each other. Through mentoring, both mentor matching women one-to-one or through her group mentoring programs, she knows that surrounding yourself with creative, generous, and life-ambitious women enables you to thrive consistently in your life and career. She hosts women's circles and mentoring groups in London, Ireland, and Mallorca, empowering women to create tangible change to lead a purposeful life with ease and a smile. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Lenise. Hello. So let's get into the story of your very first period. Can you share with us what you remember that happened? Oh, I actually do not remember having my first period. Um, Let me share with you a little bit of background in terms of culture and where it was coming from. Um, As you can tell from my accent, I'm Irish, uh, born in the late 70s in a small community, uh, raised Catholic, went to secondary school with the nuns. So it's a conversation and a topic that really didn't, that, that wasn't, it wasn't something that was discussed or brought up. And when I got my period, I was about 13, maybe 13 and a half. I actually, there's probably, I'm sure if there was a, a therapist that was on here, they would probably say that um, I blocked it out, maybe. Um, my introduction into my period for the first year or two was one of pain, incredible cramps, being doubled over, being looked after by my mom with hot water bottles and hot drinks um, and migraines. Um, and for the first couple of years, I used to take a day off school. And while that probably sounded like fun um, to some uh, young women or girls, uh, I liked school. So it, it was a very mixed introduction. I would love to be able to share what a wonderful uh, opening and uh, blossoming experience it was, an empowering experience. It really wasn't for me. Um, which is why I, I speak about it a lot now. Um, though that experience continued from right through from 13 through to my probably mid-30s, actually. Um, not consistently, thankfully. Um, but yeah, my first two years, or I would say probably the first year or two, was all 
was a day off a month. Um, it was probably irregular. It's still irregular. Um, and it was one of cramps, severe cramps and migraines. Um, yeah, it's, it's not, the, it's not the, the experience. Um, it's the experience ahead, really. And, and also, um, which I find really fascinating now as, as, I, as I embrace it more and more and, and look back more in my life, is that my mom had the same. Um, so we didn't really know between us this was normal as well, right? Even though my sister didn't necessarily, well, I'm, I'm not too sure, but she certainly didn't have the, the experience that I had. So um, I think that's, that's interesting in itself, I think. So given that you're, you, you, you said that your mum was the same, had the same sort of period, yeah, um, and she thought it was normal, is that how you grew up thinking that period pain was normal? I think it was more that um, obviously I had friends at school um, and their experiences would have been different because we spoke a little bit about it. I think especially initially it was um, when we all got it. I can, I can remember like there being a little bit of flurry of excitement in the cloakroom and stuff. And remember it was all girls as well. Um, but then I think less and less we spoke about it. But I do remember it. there was a certain like almost... I don't know what a badge of honor, but I guess I've just used that, that, that phrase uh, around, you know, the different stories. So I knew there was different experiences, but my experience was my experience. Um, and um, my mom's experience, because it was similar, I guess, that's what both of us knew, right? But obviously I was aware that there was other women not having the same experience. And, and then to go throughout my, I guess, you know, early teens and, and into my 20s and 30s, I certainly knew that that was not normal, but it was my normal. And, and, mm. and, and um, your normal is just your normal until it changes, I think, really. Mm. Yeah. So going back to being at school, you, went, you said that you were raised Catholic, you went to school with the nuns. Um, dare I ask if there was any sort of, education around menstruation around periods that you would have participated in no so we're talking about i was in school from 89 to 94 <laughs> um secondary school uh so no there wasn't i do remember there being sex ed um which um would definitely not have been sufficient either so at least, you know there was a nod towards that but i don't i really don't remember it and we certainly wouldn't have had any of the um you know, there was no um, products, uh, menstruation products either. And when you think about that now, you think, oh, wow, what, what were we supposed to do? And we were school full of young adults, young women, girls and women. Uh, so, no, there wasn't, there wasn't any. So it was the conversation that you were having with your friends and a kind of almost a whisper network of, oh, well, I'm using pads or you, I'm using tampons. Was it that sort of thing? Yeah. And like I say, I actually, initially, it was probably more when we were like in the first, in first year. Well, this is what it was called in, in Ireland, right? First year was when you were 12, 13. Um, and it was when everyone, I guess, was flurrying too. And literally it was flowing, right? And, um, and the conversation was flowing then. But after that initial flurry, and I guess it was the circle that I was in as well. There was quite a, a big circle of us. But I guess once it started, then it was just like, now life is like, now we get on with things, right? Like just we move on and, you know, I guess you're talking about maybe 
uh, maybe boys and maybe or maybe girls or um, you're playing for me it was playing sports and stuff so it kind of got on with life and so the my I know that my attitude was very much like this is it um, and um, yeah that it was something I guess for me personally um, it was more about um, I worked around my menstrual flow I worked under it over it around it it was something that I, um, got, you know, to use these words now, pains me a little bit, but, it, you know, I tolerated it. My attitude was one of, so this is necessary. It is part of being a woman. Um, I was certainly not embracing it. Um, and I was just, I guess, putting up with it, you know, like that was the attitude. But I'm a very quite pragmatic woman anyway at the best of times that that is to a different level I think um but yeah my approach to it was very much like this hap is happening to me um and I very much just want to get on with life I used to play team sports like I said I used to play camogie which is an Irish sport and um yeah the, this was an inconvenience if anything um and very much just treating it as inconvenience or pain and therefore let's make the most of it I guess. So how did you go from seeing your period as an inconvenience and tolerating it to as I said in your in your intro to now embracing your menstrual cycle that's a quite a big leap so tell me a bit more about how you got there. Oh, it's a huge leap. And thank you, because it's quite nice to move on as well. I think it's important to reflect back, mm -hmm. but as well, um, there was a pivotal... So like I said, so throughout my teens, that was my, my experience. There was a pivotal moment probably about three and a half years ago. I used to get... I, so throughout my 20s and 30s, the pain used to come and go, right? I didn't always have the migraines more or less left after being teen. And then in my 20s and 30s, it was more about I would get cramps or I would, um, the PMS was, was sky high. So I always can emphasize with women that PMS is sky high. But about three and a half years ago, I woke up one night in the middle of the night and I had got my period and I went to the bathroom and I literally could not get off the bathroom floor. Um, and I was in such agony. And this would, ha it, that was the worst it had ever been, like ever. And I just remember lying there for hours and even my husband came into me and I was like, you can't do anything to help me. But he stayed with me that, that night. Um, and I went, I'm never going through this again. I need to find a way through this, right? I need to find a way that I am more at ease with this. And I would use that word ease now. Um, and so, um, I started looking into it and I started looking for, I guess I, put, I just started putting it out there and going, I need to find another way to be around this. Um, and I came across a woman called Claire Baker, um, whose teachers are, I'm not going to remember their names now, but they're with the Red School. Um, and some people will know their book, The Wild Power. That's it. Um, and I did an eight week online course with her and I started journaling. And since then, I have been journaling. And I think this, before I get into that, which, is, which has been part of my healing journey um, and what I would now call a spiritual um, journey, if you wish, you don't have to call it that. Um, I think even um, turning my head towards it with a little bit more kindness and a, just even, honestly, like a little millimeter 
um, of more kindness and more acceptance and wanting to understand, I think ease the pain a little bit. Like genuinely, I think, you know, when you have a, the, the outside tap on outside and it's like, it's really, really tight um, and it's the tightest it is so that it's not leaking during the day. And I feel like, and you know, it's really tense and you're holding it all in and literally you're holding it all in. And then you just release it just a tiny, tiny bit. I think that's what I did. And just, re- I mean, literally, I could feel, I can even feel it now, releasing my body that little bit allowed me to, um, allowed some of the pain to go away, not just the physical, but the emotional and the mental as well. And so it was a start of a journey. And it is a journey because I'm still learning something new every month. So what I started to do was, um, I, I learned to start journaling and I'm not a consistent journaler. So anyone listening, um, I, this was not my practice of journaling. I had tried it and I would never got into the habit, but what I would do, do is get out a notebook and I tried several different ways, but at first it was like, put down the headings of physically, how do I feel? And I might only start with one word and then emotionally. And I actually used to put emoment, emomen, which is emotional and mental together, um, to, to get into the habit of, of actually even writing a word and associating with it. And so every day I used to do this. So I wait for, I think I waited until the start of the next period because I had no idea, by the way, what day I was on or anything. I was, I had, I was not tracking in any way. Um, so I waited until the first day of my period and I started writing down day one, physically, how do I feel? Um, emotionally and mentally how do I feel and she used to do spiritually and at that time I, I wasn't as I, you know I was still on the start of my journey this was really the start of my even my spiritual journey or very uh, a conscious start to my uh, spiritual journey and so I used to write down a word or two that's where I started like literally that's where I started but of course once you create a little bit of space and start writing a little bit you might write I found myself writing another few words and then another few words and so you know if it's um, if I'm in spring, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm coming out into the world. And it seems to be a little bit more life around. Oh, and I'm getting different ideas coming along. Um, so that, I did that for a couple of months. And then I started to expand it out because I wanted to start, I wanted to see the trends, I guess. I started to see a few trends, literally even after two or three months. This is what I always say to women that I speak to. Like even after two months, I started to see these trends. I was like, oh my gosh. And so I added food because I've always been into food. So I wanted to know why do I why do I want certain foods or what what would be good for me to have? But it was more about like what's going on in the different phases. And I'm sure your some of your other guests have talked about the phases. And it was it was so fascinating. Like after about four months, I used to go back and Day 16, I'd really want leafy greens. Like I was craving avocados and leafy greens. Isn't that incredible? Like, <laughs> um, so I started adding food and then I recognized that um, coming into my, into my period that I really wanted um, sugary, like really sweet stuff. Uh, and look, I, I've always been a fat, I've always had a bit of a sweet tooth, um, but I went, want sweet stuff. And then, you know, I had a conversation with a woman a few months ago at my yoga teacher training, and she went, oh, you're going from yang energy of being out there and performing and to-do lists, and you're going into this sweet, softer yin energy. And I was like, ah, oh. and the sweet stuff is taking me into that yin energy. That's why we crave it. I'm like, wow. Um, 
And then I added, so this is the joy of journaling, right? You can journal whatever you want. This is your life. We're all unique. We're all individual. We all have our own challenges. Um, if you're a mom, you can maybe, you know, look at it from um, how you're feeling towards your, your family and juggling stuff. Or, but I also did it for backstop mentoring because I found myself um, like literally in summer going out there and talking about it and summer being obviously ovulation um, going out there and talking about it and being on calls and enjoying it and loving it and loving the community and the, the circle and the wisdom and the nourishment I was receiving and, and the other women were receiving. And then literally within, you know, a week or 10 days, I was like, I didn't want to pick up the phone. I didn't want to talk about it. And the, the contrast and the swings and the pendulum of going from, way I love my business. I love these women to, oh, I don't want to talk to anyone. I want to lock myself away. And I, and I thought it was the, I thought it was backwards of mentoring and I was getting literally so confused by this and it was causing angst as well. So literally, I, so I started journaling it and then within two to three months again, I was like, uh, okay. This is my cycle. I can't be in, you know, I, I'm cyclical. I've got a rhythm. I, it's not linear. And, and, you know, my background is I'm, I'm a, I was a CFO. I was finance, right? So I'm, it's binary, like, you know, one and one, and it's linear, and it's a little bit black and white. And the journey, is, or the journey and the lessons from this are, are forever I'm learning. But I learned that, um, yeah, I learned that I was just going through a normal cycle. I was really creative and after coming out of my menstrual flow and then I was, and I'd have loads of new ideas and often I would go off on tangents. <laughs> uh, and then in summer I was out there sharing it and hearing from other women and, and you know, really enjoying life and, and bringing to fruition a vision that I would have set. And then in autumn I was to, to do lists where were literally just, I just ran through those. Um, and I was, of course, it was the sweet beauty of autumn as well that you come back to yourself. You're starting to come back to yourself, and, and you're. I think for me, what I found is there was inner truths there that I didn't know about, like that I, I hadn't appreciated before. And this is something I'm more and more in tune with. And it's um, it's when I know that I can almost wait for my autumn now to go back to my intuition. The, the, the stuff that's when I'm when I have something that's really important that I'm trying to make a life decision on. Um, I wait for autumn to have that little conversation with myself. And, and I, I know when I'm in it, because I have the most thoughtful, the most um, heartfelt conversations with my husband or my close friends as well. When I'm like going, either that I'm really struggling on something about where I'm going or I'm trying to let go of something or that I want us to maybe, you know, what do I want us to, to shift? Um, or something that might have been bothering me that that's when I have those, those conversations and of course the biggest for me the, the the biggest learning I suppose was to let go in during winter to honor my menstrual flow and I that I spent years not honoring that honoring the the process of letting go of avoiding burnout because um like many of us it was burning the candle at both ends um and recognizing that it was the time that I could come back to myself, come back home and to allow things to, yeah, to let, let it flow and to allow myself to have a little bit of time. And I know it's not realistic for everyone to be able to stay in bed and pull the duvet up and to let that go. But even 
there's still days like I'm in day 37 at the moment. Um, um, I'm very irregular at the moment. Um, actually, I, 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 let me clarify that. I don't know what my normal is because I only started journaling a few years ago. So I think I've always been irregular. So I can go from being 28 or 30 days for a few months and then going from 22 days to 40 days. Um, So um, there's no, I guess what I like to say is there's no normal. There's, there's There's only change and there's awareness. So that's a long answer, Linise, to your question, but it, 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 was, it was a journey and it was a few years journey and I'm still on it, by the way. Like, I'm completely still on it. I'm still recognizing, like, I love listening to my favorite podcasts at different times of the month and which podcasts I listen to are different times of the month. In summer, I love lighter books. Uh, I love learning, you know, really, really learning in spring and um, spring and some, it's spring especially and autumn. Um, there's so many areas. This is what I love about the menstrual cycle. It has so many beautiful ways of teaching us about ourselves, about reconnecting with ourselves. Um, yeah, I think I, sorry, go on. I, I just want to jump in and um, just to clarify for listeners, because you've talked a lot about season. So if they aren't aware of this, what, the correlation of the seasons to the different phases of the menstrual cycle. So this is something that is developed by the Red School. And it's basically saying, if you think of it, it's an analogy looking at, so winter is when you're on your period and then you go into spring, which is the follicular phase. So you're feeling, you're blooming, you're feeling more energetic. And then ovulation is summer. And then you go into you into the different parts of the luteal phase. So the second part of the luteal phase is the fall where people most associate this with PMS. And I, I love how you've just, it's so natural to you that you've just peppered this into the conversation. <laughs> um, and it shows me what a deep connection you now have with your menstrual cycle and how it's influenced your life in so many different ways. So you've said that it re- all of this work has revealed um, some inner truths to you. I also just want to go back to how you were feeling. So that that moment three and a half years ago where you were on the bathroom floor to how comparing that to how you feel now. Do you, what changes do you think that this whole process of journaling and being more aware of the connection with food and how much you work what changes do you think that has made in your menstrual cycle and your period? Oh, so what, did you, what those changes have meant to me? Um, oh, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, let me, yes, please, thank you for asking that. Um, let me, allow me to join the dots. I, in the last, let's say two years, in the last two years, I've had two migraines. Um, uh, I don't have cramps. I don't have cramps anymore, any. And I can't remember the last time I've had period pain, genuinely. Um, PMS was one of the biggest things, especially because, like, you know, I was at C-suite. I was in meeting in meetings just nine to five every day. And I used to have a small level of awareness in that I would, when I would be coming into my menstrual cycle, that I would um, sometimes go into the office and go, can you please clear my diary? Like just get me out of every meeting that I have because I knew that I would be so 
grumpy and it might top a lot tip over into like taking it out on other people and that was I, I really struggled with PMS. If you had my, com- my husband on the conversation here, he would confirm that for us. <laughs> um, and I don't have, I genuinely have very little these days. So, and I completely contribute that to um, embracing it, getting softer with it, connecting with my, my cycle, understanding it. I'm not saying that everything, like I'm not saying that everything is rosy and perfect. When I have a level of stress, that um that I can look back on I can recognize that I go out of whack right so I know that like in February this year I had some stress um from work and that I I remembered that I had I had some pain and I had definitely PMS and I could just find that the stress levels were raising me a bit um so I think there's one about um it's about acceptance I really come back to I was accepting my body and I was also accepting that I can't be in Wonder Woman, or anyone out there that remembers Wonder Woman, I loved her. Uh, I can't be Wonder Woman all month. And I love it when I'm up during summer and during ovulation. But I also accept that I can't, I don't, I can't and I'm not her all the time. And acceptance of that means that I allow myself to slow down coming into, it, coming into my period. Like, I also attribute um, it to tweaking my diet and my um my food should i say i'm not a fan of the word diet but it towards nutrition so um i believe that some of the migraines were due to stress because i you know i have tested this out over time and watching and reading back my journals and caffeine so I've, i've never been a coffee drinker but i was a big black tree black tea drinker and, and, and it was more about the ritual of holding it in my hand, but I was drinking it. Um, if I just held it in my hand. Um, um, so I stopped drinking it in the week before my period. And that made a huge... That I, I, I knew because I could... You see, I, see, I was feeling the waves. It's almost like there were waves that were going through my head. There were waves of the hormones. I don't know if anyone else or if you recognize this, Denise, but when I would get those headaches that... Um, and sometimes it didn't develop into, like, like I said, most of my migraines were, were, were really bad in my younger years. Um, but I would get them now and then. And I would literally feel the hormones going through my, my, my head. Um, but stopping the caffeine the week before I, was crucial to that. So I think it was about, um, so my relationship with it, it's supposed to be a reinforcing circle, right? I started looking after myself. I started watching what I was eating. I would exercise at the relevant exercise at the relevant time. So I would slow down my, I love running. So I'd really go running in spring, late spring and summer. And um, so in the middle part of my month, and then I would do a slower yoga. Um, um, I still struggle a a little bit with yin because I am more of a, you know, I am more of a, a, I I study Ayurveda at the moment. So I'm more pitta, I'm more outgoing. I'm more like, I like to be, you know, getting my energy (laughs) up. Um, So I have to really, really um, focus on like when I need to drop my energy. So the my relationship is incredible. and, And I know that if I can do it and if I came from that place of, you know, I learned really early on that when I, if I used to, when I drank alcohol, that if I had one drink or two, my period would stop. Right? It would stop because obviously I now know that it could only detoxify one thing, and obviously mm. my liver was detoxifying the alcohol. Mm. So 
it couldn't do both. And then it would return a few days later. And I actually, oh, I actually used to remember deliberately having a glass of wine or two just to stop it because it was such an inconvenience to have it, right? Imagine <laughs> what a terrible thing to do to yourself. Um, and, and I do feel it when I see some women that I know are going through their period and I see them having a glass of wine. I'm like, oh, just wait a few days because your poor body cannot cope with it. Um, so I don't drink alcohol um, anymore, actually, at all. Um, I'm vegetarian now. Um, I'm plant-based, actually, um, rather than doing the, the labels. Um, and I genuinely, I know this, um, that the journey that I've been on, that it set me off on, has been one of self-care. Um, uh, emotionally and physically and that the ease which um, it has allowed me to have around my whole cycle not just concentrating on you know fixing that few days that it's about the whole cycle right so if I look after myself in winter and take it easier even by like I say to women even by slow it down to 75%, right? We're all going at 120 miles an hour anyway, right? So even if we could slow it down to 75 and allow ourselves to, to allow it to, to happen, to, to allow it to flow, to, to say, okay, I'm here. I'm here. I'm at ease. Um, the month ahead is better. And I know when I try, and I do this still at times, even though I've learned this over and over again, that if I push through in winter, that the month is a little bit tougher. It is genuinely tougher. So um, my awareness and my practice, and I do call it a practice, has completely changed my whole month. My, the, those three days that I have my period, obviously women have them for different months of time, but those three days that I have mine is completely different, as is my whole month, as is my life, really. <laughs> It's amazing what you're what you're saying, and you know it's it, it's a journey, and you've been through you've been through a lot. But doing a deep dive into so many different areas, and this kind of this real self awareness of how different things affect you. So you talked about alcohol, you've talked about caffeine, you've talked about the changes that you've made in what you eat. I think all of these have have created a real difference in your menstrual cycle so if someone's listening and they really connect with what you're saying and they say well I'm having issues with my period I want to try this whole journaling practice where would you recommend that they start yeah so um start at the start I guess uh if you know and you're somehow you know you're tracking on an app um and you know what day you're on, start today. Pull out a little notebook that looks that you like to write in. Get something that, that you actually really like to pull out. Like, it can just be a little one. Um, that, you know, that's nice and soft and a nice pen to write with it. And put it by your bed um, or maybe in your most comfy chair. And so if you know where you are already, I didn't, you can start on that day. If, if you don't know where you are, wait until day one. So day one is the first, is uh, first proper bleed not spotting but the first full bleed um, and you can do this in different ways so you, what I did was at first I used to put the headings down so I would put down how am I feeling physically you know if you want to know how you are around your nutrition put a little header down on the page um, I, I use just a small little notepad so this can be really as as bullet point as you want or as beautiful and elaborate on an essay as you want pick a couple of ways 
a couple of headliners, I guess. Do pick about your emotions because that's the biggest, one of the biggest things. Um, and you can can put down spiritual now because you know, do you meditate or do you take do you sit in silence? It doesn't even have to be meditated. But what's your what is your spiritual practices? So pick maybe. If you're starting off, pick three things, because three is a lovely number, right? And especially when you say it in an Irish accent. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Pick three things that you want to track. And every day, at the end of your day, just write down how you're feeling. So, um, you know, I imagined tonight I'll be be writing down that I feel clear, because I feel quite clear today. And I feel quite grounded, actually, as well. Um, And then what I found was you... If you even set, because if, like I say, if you don't journal, this might be a bit of a task for you, right? Because you're like, you might be resisting it a little bit. Write a word, one start with one word, ideally three words per, per each, like, you know, if it's physical or emotional or food or um, how you feel about your business or your kids, if there might be, you know, um, whatever way you're feeling. And, and then if you miss it, do it every day. Um, and if you miss a day, don't worry about it. I don't do it every single day. Um, sometimes I go back to it and I write a couple of words in if I forget. But when I was, especially when I was starting out and for the last, you know, the initial two years, every single day. Um, but the most important thing is that you're tracking it, right? Mm-hmm. And think about what, would, I, guess, I guess the easiest, the, the nicest thing to think about is, I'm going to have this wisdom next month. So I'm going to be able to flick back the pages and look at this next month. There is another way you can do it as well. You could take one page, split it in four. So you can actually split it in four and put what day you're on, on that page. And then you could use it for the next four months. So you could use that four quadrant and then use it for four months. Find whatever way, find what suits what suits you best so each woman will have a preference um each woman and for the more creative women they might want to draw something but i think the words are really really important as well because uh, you want to you want to really remember you think you're going to remember you don't there's too much going on in our life so um yeah and enjoy it i think like have a have a sip of hot water and create a ritual around it or if it's literally i don't have time for this i'm literally going to scribble down a few words then so be it I think the best thing to do is start and, yeah. and look forward to the, your own inner wisdom and intuition and yeah, empower yourself by starting. Great. And Jill, just start. I think that's, those are really wise, wise words. And just it, they, so they start journaling and then they get a, get a set of information what would you say to the woman who is two months now from now has said, okay, I've listened to the podcast episode. I've started journaling. Um, and now what? I guess, um, what do you want out of it? So, so maybe like with the, with the start thing, what is it you're looking for? Um, oh, look, I have two schools of thought on this. One is that the women that will take it up, um, fastest it'll be the women like myself that want to, to, to find out and to solve it your trigger is usually if um you've got some pain or angst or anguish around it right so yeah. um there'll be the women that'll be like they will have a very clear purpose from what, what they want a desired outcome from what they want from it um so you will you will start to see trends um and for the woman that's like okay i'm going to give this go because i want to know more about myself um, it's the same answer actually. Um, flick back through your journal. 
so when you're at a certain point in time, so on, you might be on day four or five, and actually, let me give you this. On day four or five is when we, is a beautiful time, is a brilliant time to set your vision for the month, or it might even be a vision for the next six months because you've got incredible clarity about what is important to you. Once you go past that, or the creative flow comes in. Um, so if you... Um, want to you know that, that that's one reason to look at it right to go okay when do I want to set my vision um, for my life um, if you I think it's looking back at your trends really so you've done two months and you're like okay what now start to look back at it and start to reflect and and start to look at the trends and the patterns that are happening and go oh this is interesting what it'll do is it will spur you on it'll spur you on to to keep going and to keep doing it it might create new ideas around oh what else would I like to know about um I think it's nice to read back over it um it might be that you want to I don't know change something in your diet change something in your lifestyle change you know bring in a new habit maybe you want more sleep can you see any new patterns of where you could where you need it actually if you've been writing that you've been tired a lot of different places I can guarantee that any that most of us are more tired than we think we are, and sleep mm-hmm. will always, always make your period a little bit and life easier. Um, so I think it's like picking up little, little nuggets of wisdom that you've that you've shared with yourself, and say thanks very much for doing it, and hopefully encourage you to keep doing it and to take what you want out of it. I think that's most important to. You will gleam whatever intuition that you need. It'll be individual to each of you. So can you tell us a little bit more about um, Back Yourself Mentoring and then and the work that you do with women to um, get them connected with their ambition? Yes. So um, I, it's actually this time two years ago I set up Back Yourself Mentoring. I launched it two times, uh, yeah, this time last year. This time two years ago, sorry. Um, and so it is specifically... It's all around empowerment. And, you know, the the irony of all of this is that the menstrual cycle is now very much part of it as well. So where it started out from was um, to offer women the opportunity of having a mentor because sometimes it is really difficult to find um, another woman and it's all women. So where it's mentors matching women who are career women that are looking to make changes in their career. And it can be stepping up, stepping out, or stepping back in. It can be running your own business, it can be a freelancer, whatever it is. But it's actually empowering her to give her new opportunities and new ideas. And that's what other women gifted me throughout my, my life and career. And so I um, create relationships between mentors and mentees. And obviously, as I have journeyed to over the last two years, so has the, the, the circle of women and the community and where we're what we're doing and I now speak to women in women's groups around menstruation because it's part of the empowerment journey if unless we accept ourselves and, and um, look after ourselves and self-care um, you'll burn out right you'll be disconnected we'll be disconnected which is where I was so the idea is that we come back to ourselves we come home and we feel more empowered and so I talk go into businesses and talk about menstrual cycles and empowering women um, about reconnecting with ourselves through different practices, um, which ultimately will allow women to choose to choose work and life ambitions that are right for them, rather than maybe what they're being 
given or maybe having to just take or receive. Um, so um, the platforms are different, right? I, I have group um, group coaching and mentoring programs for women to to and women's circles to, to do online or, or face-to-face. Um, but the key for me is that the empowerment journey started um, with my menstrual cycle, I think, and then came into back yourself mentoring um, with the whole premise about we back ourselves and each other and empower each other to choose the life that we want, right? Um, what a what a wonderful mission. Um, eight listeners, if they take one thing from all of the wise words that you've shared, what would you want that to be? Follow your own rhythm. We each one of us need to follow our own rhythm and, and that rhythm is your inner rhythm and the inner cycle and your inner flow um, and the outer cycles that have happened I my and the outer rhythms that are happening all the time my part of my journey has been to reconnect with the planet as well right so if we care for ourselves and follow our own rhythms you'll always choose what's right for you you'll choose what's in alignment with your body and with your soul and um yeah follow follow your own rhythm i love that follow your own rhythm so if if listeners want to find out more about back yourself mentoring and want to get involved with what you do how how would they connect with you yeah so you can email me at hello at backyourselfmentoring.com our website is the same as www.backyourselfmentoring.com and you can find me on instagram it's Susan Sheehan. It's got underscore at the start and at the end. Um, yeah, just drop me an email. Love to hear from you. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Susan. Thank you, Lenise. I've had such good fun. Thank you. What you're doing is fantastic. Thank you oh, for sharing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to today's guest and to you for taking the time out of your day to listen to Period Story. Music is Modern Jazz Samba by Kevin MacLeod. You can find show notes and links to things mentioned on this episode on www.periodstorypod.com. If you love this episode, then it would mean so much if you could head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Thank you and see you next week.